The SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll receive a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell all sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up at underdogfantasy.com with promo code SGPN and receive a free $25 entry to use in Best Ball Mania 2 for a chance to win $1 million. And make sure to tune in to Draft Day on July 13th where Ryan Kramer will attempt to draft for 24 hours straight. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app in the App Store or the Google Play Store. Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Rod Gomez. You can find me on Twitter at RJ Gomez. We are excited to bring you yet another week of fantasy football fun and analysis. We are getting ever so closer to the season starting, and I'm telling you right now, with Scott Fishbowl high in effect right now, uh, there are a lot of people drafting, and there are a lot of folks right now that need the kind of analysis that we're going to offer and uh, I have got a nice pair of folks for you today. Uh, a couple of first timers, but uh, we love having that on the show. So uh, <laughs> we are going to bring on Mason Riney. He is our guest. And then, of course, our fan, our uh, quality control for today is going to be Thad Sosa. And these folks are going to be holding it down for us And uh, as we go through this show. So, Mason, welcome to the show. And uh, I'm so glad that you agreed to come on. We've been talking for a while and we finally nailed you down. So, uh, welcome and, and thank you for coming. Uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, like you said, we kind of had to hash out the dates and some personal stuff we had going on uh, 4th of July, too. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm blessed and happy to be on. So, thank you. Uh, catch me on Twitter at CaliKing4917, and I currently write for Five Yard Rush out overseas in Britain. I know. I was going to say you have a a a Britain a British uh, website that you write for. How do you manage that? Um, well, actually, I was just kind of surfing on Twitter. Got onto it a little bit last year at the beginning of the year, and I applied for the British Fantasy Football League, and actually ended up getting a team, the Gibraltar Macaws. So I'm a GM for them. Just kind of networking through there. Um, ended up kind of landing a spot as an IDP writer, and it just took off. Man, I love. It. Interesting, interesting. Well, again, we're going to have your knowledge here on display. And then Thad Sosa, Thad, again, thanks for joining us. And uh, you are going to serve as quality control. So we are more than excited to have you on. Thad, where is your background? What is your pedigree in fantasy football? Uh, so I've been mainly doing redraft um, for the last 10 years plus, at least. Um, I've recently gotten into dynasty over the last year or so. I think in the past year I've joined probably six dynasty leagues. Uh, so I definitely jumped in with both feet. Um, and I've just been loving every minute of it ever since. I love it. I love it. All right, great. So as you're familiar, as listeners, you're familiar with the rules, but you guys, uh, we are going to put three minutes on the clock and we're going to talk down 10. Today, we're going to talk down QB2s because everybody can tell you what a QB1 is, but what does a QB2 look like? That's what we want to discuss today. We want to figure out if you should take some of these guys. Uh, so again, we're going to put three minutes on the clock. When you hear this noise, we have 30 seconds left on the clock. Uh, wrap up your thoughts. We move on. When you hear this... 
we get out, we move on to the next topic. So uh, rules are pretty simple. So we're just going to start right from the beginning. Uh, the first player up is, is one that I know I probably will stay away from. I'm not sure how Mason feels about this, but Matthew Stafford going off right now at QB 13. Again, these guys are all outside of the top 12, but QB 13, Mason, for, for Matthew Stafford, please explain this to me. Um, I, okay. So the more I was looking into it, the more I'm buying the dip on this, I'm just going to go ahead and say, yes, I took him in the third round of the Scotty fishbowl. Um, he's only missed, I want to say eight games in the last four years. And that was in 2019 when he had the back problem. He has a laundry list of injuries, but he plays through them all. And he plays through them on a consistent basis, looking at 29 touchdowns in 2017, 21 and 18, um, 19. And that was only halfway through the season in 2019, 2020, he had 26. So I don't, I don't know. He's got better weapons than I think he's had. We got Bobby Trees, Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson. Uh, maybe Tutu gets in there, Deshaun. Yeah, I, I, I like it a lot. 76% of his uh, passes are dropped back. Um, he's pretty good in play action as well. His passer rating is well around 95 to 100 on both. So I, I like it a lot. The only thing that concerns me is his line. Yeah, but to me, I don't even think I trust Matthew Stafford in... I mean, he's got some good weapons over there now in L.A. I mean, it's yeah. not like Cooper Cup and and Robert Woods, um, even Van Jefferson. I mean, those guys are all good, but I mean, Matthew Stafford is on the back end, I feel like, of, of a pretty decent career. I mean, it's not like he's a spring chicken. It's not like he is going over as a 22-year-old uh, young rookie quarterback. I mean, he's really... he's He's had a lot of miles put on him by the Lions and by bad teams in the Lions. So I don't know if he's got enough left in the tank to power this Rams offense. Well, the way I see it is, is that offense is driven through the run, controlling the edges. So if they can do that, they have great in uh, Cam Akers and Henderson. Henderson can, can take the load as a B. Obviously, he's not the A. But they can do it enough on a consistent basis to where Jared, or yeah, Goff, when he was there, he started off super strong, like you're saying, spring chicken, yada, yada. And he kind of died off as it went on. We'll get into that later. But... I just see more opportunity. I feel like he's going to be hungry. And if he has that half the grit that he had over in Detroit with McVay's offense, that defense guys limit. Yeah, but I'm also scared. And I know that my uh, producer, Adam, he definitely does not agree with me on the powerful secondaries that reside in the NFC West. He's got some pretty vicious secondaries to put up with. I mean, he's got San Francisco. He's got Seattle. Uh, he's even got Arizona to put up with. So, I mean, all of that just does not scream to me QB 13 for Matthew Stafford. And um, I'm not trying to knock your Scott Fishbowl pick, Mason. I, I hope he works out for you. But I'm telling you right <laughs> <Me> now, <laughs> I just don't feel Matthew Stafford and, and 13 seems way too high for me. Yeah, it sounds stinky just because I'm a Niners fan, but I, at the same time, I, I like it. I'll roll the dice. I know we're both Niners fans, so we can both hang our head on that. Maybe I'm just not liking Matthew Stafford because I, I know that's giving us the thumbs down over there. Maybe, maybe our bias is just sneaking through. Uh, but one place our bias won't sneak through is a young man by the name of Deshaun Watson. There are so many question marks surrounding, surrounding, surrounding Deshaun Watson. QB 16 right now. Uh, this is all fantasy pros and their ADP. Um, I, I mean, I've seen him go as late as round, I don't know, 13, 14 in some of these drafts. So tell me how QB 16, he's still, he's still garnering that kind of respect. Um, okay. I just wrote down. No, like really, really big. I just, it's way too dicey for me. Like you said, at QB 16, if he's lingering, like in drew lock, 
you know, space or, you know, Teddy two gloves, that's fine. I have no problem throwing something on there, even in like a dynasty league, maybe putting a first round pick that's later on or something to try to trade for him or create something. But with everything that's going on, I have not dove deep enough into it. And that offense is not very convincing for me where it's at right now. They're in rebuild. They have no idea what's going on. They didn't even want to play for him. And then maybe he did, but like they don't want him and they do. And then it's just all of this is just a neon sign that says no. Yeah. And, and to me, if I'm looking at Watson now, look, if, if a month down the road, if, if a couple of weeks down the road, Deshaun says I'm staying in, in Houston, then the gamble that you took at QB 16, that's probably going to end up paying off. Right. I mean, yeah, you're winning leagues if that's what you did at QB 16, because chances are you probably grabbed somebody in that upper echelon to, to kind of. Uh, quell that. Now, if you took a gamble and and drafted Deshaun as your only quarterback at QB 16, um, but I mean, I've heard people take QBs way, way, way late in their draft, like round 10, 11, 12. And in fact, I was in that camp for a while. So I may have ended up with a guy like Deshaun Watson. Um, so, but here's the thing. I know that I, I preface this by kind of sounding like I'm anti Deshaun, but I feel like I kind of am because I'm not anti Deshaun. I am with Deshaun because I feel like he's, he's in the Aaron Rodgers camp where he's going to play. Like, there's no way Deshaun Watson will not play football in 2021. It, it just, there's no way. If he has to play with Houston one more year, he'll play with Houston one more year just to, just to round out and play football. He's not the kind of guy I think that would sit on the sidelines. So if you're going to be drafting a quarterback at quarterback 16 and you're waiting all damn day for a quarterback and Deshaun Watson lands to you, take him. Because that, like we just said, that will be a league-winning move when the news finally breaks that Deshaun Watson will play. And we're, and look, even if he goes to a place like Denver or something like that, he's still going to be Deshaun Watson, right? His landing spot, notwithstanding, I still think he's got value. Yeah, 100%. I agree that he has value, but it's just depending on what you want to spend to get that value, I guess. Yeah. Well, again, if we're talking about QBs outside of the top 12, um, you know, and you're taking him as a QB two, again, you've probably already taken one of the top tier quarterbacks. You've you probably already grabbed somebody that you know that is going to start for you week in and week out. And that even if Deshaun doesn't end up playing, that you can actually hang your hat on. You know, you probably grab somebody like a Kyler Murray or a Lamar Jackson or, or somebody that you're pairing him with. So, uh, again, I'm not scared of Deshaun. Give me, give me Deshaun. I missed Deshaun uh, in, in Scott Fishbowl, but I will definitely try to take a chance before he announces what's going on uh, in, in redraft formats. Woo, yeah, hot and heavy with Deshaun Watson. Uh, let's move on to the guy that you like now. And I know I like him because I have him now in my Scott Fishball <laughs> draft. And I have to like him. I, I mean, look, I know quarterbacks are valued differently in that league. But even in a redraft, I think I still like Kirk Cousins. So, um, Mason, I know you're shaking your head now. You like Kirk Cousins. Uh, tell me why you like Kirk Cousins. Well, I like Kirk Cousins because uh, Kyle Shanahan likes Kirk Cousins. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, I love Kirk Cousins because he's consistent. He has great receivers, and his running game is among the best of the league as well. That offense is great, and I feel like one of the main reasons maybe that he had or people are down on him is just because that defense isn't that great. They weren't last year. They're only going to get better. They're not going to do worse. I don't actually have the numbers in front of me right now. I think they had their worst season in like five years last year. Um, either way, we're looking at consistently between 600 and 500 attempts. Um, for a guy that's just dropping back and slinging them, that's pretty good. 4,200 yards, 3,600 yards, 4,200 yards, spanning between 26 and 35 touchdowns. In the last three years, he hasn't thrown more than 13 interceptions. So even if you're looking for ball security, that's kind of good to go. Um, he is kind of getting there as far as years, and we're not really sure what's going on with the situation this year. 
So I really feel like maybe he kind of put it forward in this offseason and really just is putting tooth to nail, and hopefully he'll really get after it. And those wide receivers, Thielen, Jefferson, um, the rookie Smith, is it Marset? I think I've been hearing a little bit out of him out of camp, so that's good. Um, Irv Smith, Tyler Conklin in Dynasty Leagues, people are talking about him as well. Dalvin Cook. I like it. I like it. Yeah, and to me, the situation is right. I mean, he threw 4,200 yards last season. There's one more game, by the way, of the regular right? season. So um, you're telling me that it's very easy that he could reach that number again. And, you know, you're right. He's got a pretty loaded wide receiver core, and he's got Dalvin Cook. I mean, there's nothing that is stopping that Minnesota offense, I think, from having one of its best seasons yet. Um, and maybe maybe some could argue that Kirk Cousins is the one that's going to stop them from having that yeah. season. But I <laughs> I, I, I don't buy that. I honestly think that Kirk Cousins is one of those guys where he's not sexy, right? He doesn't run like Lamar. He doesn't run like Mahomes. He doesn't run like Allen, but he is a very steady quarterback in the pocket, can deliver it where he needs to deliver it. And again, he's got those guys that you can deliver it to. Thielen, huge year, right? And to me, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a guy that's got plenty of weapons and with Cook to to take the pressure off of that offensive line to pass block every down. Um, you're in for, for a good move with Cousins. And we got Cousins. Let's see. Cousins at QB 18 on the ADP draft. And so uh, let's see. Where do we got Kirk Cousins in our uh, projections? We got him at QB 17. So very, very close on the projections versus the ADP for the, uh, the SGPN uh, projections. Uh, last year, he had over 48 passing attempts four times. Wow. I'm sorry, 40. Yeah, 48. So that's, I mean, you want to talk about consistency and you're getting the ball out. It's him. He's one of the best game managers in the league as well. Um, his lowest pass rate was 14. And then, um, yeah, uh, like I said, the other one. Too. Volume is king in fantasy. And if you are looking for volume and if you're looking down at those QB2 ranges, Kirk Cousins is your man. Now, this next guy is a guy that I know both of us, Mason, wanted to see in the red and gold, but unfortunately is now in the orange and black. Uh, it is Justin Fields. He slipped through the Niners' finger. Well, okay, I don't know if he slipped as long as Kyle Shanahan pulled the... <laughs> Pulled the rug out from underneath <laughs> us. Uh, but now he lands in Chicago in a situation where you got to figure he's starting day one. Uh, is this an opportunity? He is going off right now at QB 20. Uh, are we taking a chance on the rookie as a QB two and a super flex or a QB one? Where's your head at there, Mason? Um, well, I'm looking at his stats from college and I'm seeing that his play action is nine touchdowns and one pick. And when he doesn't have play action, 13 touchdowns, five interceptions, that's last year. Um, he had the receiving core of a lifetime at Ohio State. Let's be real here. Uh, running backs as well. He's coming in. He's got Mooney and Robinson. So that's, you know, among the top two that you would want to have. And he's throwing a 68.2%. The only question to me is, is, is it going to take for Matt Maggie's job to be in jeopardy for him to start him? And if so, when is that going to happen? Are they going to have to wait until later on in the year? I don't know if it's like, well, week. 13, I think they have a bye week or week 12. It's, it's definitely in the second half of the season. So are they going to have to wait that long and then try to put him in? Um, are they going to wait until they're two games down, like they're two and two, and they get sad? So uh, as far as that, I'm going to be out. I like Justin Fields, and I like what he brings to the table, and I really think he can make that offense a lot more dynamic than it is now. He's, I think, better than Trubisky was. So I, I like it, but I'm going to go ahead and just wait a year. I am on the fence, though, with him. 
I'm not taking him as a QB one. If this is a situation where you're waiting in the later rounds and, and this guy's around for you and you haven't taken a quarterback yet, I'm not panicking and taking fields, nor am I taking Andy Dalton for that matter. I'm, I'm staying no. the clear away from any quarterback situation. Now, if I'm looking for a quarterback to stash, if I'm looking for somebody in the back half of the season that I might be able to pull off the bench and, and have in reserve, uh, or maybe even that bye week, that tricky bye week, uh, quarterback in Justin Fields, he could be starting by then. Um, you know, then I'm I'm looking at Justin Fields. We've got a really deep bench. If you're if you can manage having a a dead space on the board for the first couple of games, because again, for whatever reason, Haggy sees clear to keep Andy Dalton as the QB one over there in Chicago, much to every Chicagoan's chagrin. Uh, but again, you know, when you when you start floating out names that are in that later round. And if you really do want to just sit and take a flyer on a guy like Justin Fields, I can't hate you for it, but I'm not taking him as my sole quarterback. Yeah, no, I'm not going to go in and like try to jump on him and steal him. And that's the thing with him is that his ADP has got him a QB 20, but I, I think that a lot of people are seeing, they're trying to see the opportunity and jump on it. So they're going to jump on him a few rounds before. And that's just not me. Yeah, definitely not me either. And, and you know, there's quarterbacks that are after him that, you know, you would definitely take. I mean, I'd probably take a, fit Pat, a Fitzpatrick after him too, or, you know, over him. Because at least we know Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick. How can I not say his name? Fitzmagic, <laughs> man. Fitzmagic, Fitzmagic is going to be starting at least. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's... <laughs> That's it. Gardner Minshew, let's take him. No, I'm just kidding. Let's not. Oh, yeah. If you want to win your league, don't do not do that. Uh, all right. Speaking of winning, well, this is the guy, and I bumped him back to back because uh, this is the guy that we end up taking in the first place, and that is Trey Lance, quarterback now for the San Francisco 49ers. I'm really not taking him in any situation. I'm just, I can't do it. Uh, I want to make a case for him. I want to, I want to feel like this is the opposition, but it's not Trey Lance probably should not have gone to the San Francisco 49ers, but he's there. And now his situation has gotten to the point where at QB 24 or I'm sorry, QB 25, I'm not touching him. And, And Mason, I don't think you are either. Right? So this is fully dependent on Jimmy Garoppolo. And so that's, I mean, I, Anytime I talk about the 49ers offense, I just go back to 2019 where they had high rush volume. Jimmy G's passing 69%. He's doing what he needs to do. He's a great game manager when he's not throwing curl routes outside to Tevin Coleman. You know what I mean? And the way that uh, Ayuk, Debo, Kittle, I mean, that entire offense is amazing. Especially with Mostert, we could literally not plug any running back in the backfield. We had Matt Breida for some time, and he was killing the game aside from fumbles. So, sorry, back to, to Trey Lance. Um I was actually really, really stoked that we drafted him. I didn't like the three picks, but as far as you know, franchise guys go, yeah. But no, not not redraft at all. I'm not touching him. Um, I think Jimmy stays in until he gets hurt, just because that's how Shanahan goes. I mean, maybe we deal him right before the trade deadline, but even then, like, what's the point with the chemistry and whatnot? And they don't want a quarterback controversy. So I, I just no, I'm not, I'm not touching him. It doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever for Garoppolo to sit this year. This is his last year under contract. You just use him. Yeah, exactly. He's looking to get paid. He doesn't want to sit down. Nor should we want to rush Trey Lance into it because we've seen we Niner fans have seen this play before. Alex Smith is exactly the same type of situation where he was good in college, right? But and then Trey Lance was only good for a season in college, and so we're banking all of our our hopes and our dreams of the future on a guy who had one outstanding year in the FCS. Now, of course, d- before you're an FC, I'm an FCS guy. Now I I've totally fold over to it. But again, you cannot 
compare the FCS to Ohio State, one, and if you could, then they would be in the tier one, right? And two, you can't compare it to the NFL. Taking that kind of a leap and expecting great things in year one, you're really just setting yourself up for failure. And if you're going to draft a Trey Lance, it better be, again, for a dynasty or a super deep, even in this, if you're drafting Trey Lance in the uh, Scott Fishbowl, it better be deep into it and you better have a couple of good options ahead of him. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm definitely going to take you guys. I would take uh, Darnold before I would take Trey Lance, and I actually did. Ooh, that I like one. his opportunity. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Sam That's Darnold. just redraft. That's just redraft. Not Dynasty. Uh, <laughs> right. Let me throw that out there before anyone's like, whoa, no, this guy. <laughs> you just caused so many accidents on the freeway right now. Everyone's right. like, Sam Darnold, what? <laughs> Uh, no, I don't know. Sam Darnold, he's in for <laughs> some pretty rough goes of it, too. Uh, all right. Well, I tell you what, that is the first five down. We have been flying through this, and that's great. So uh, we are going to step away, as we always do, halfway through. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we've got the next five and some fancy, fancy names on there for you. So uh, get set, buckle up. We'll be right back after this. WinBet is bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. You can get in on all your favorite teams, players, sports, games, all kinds of stuff going on, including generous promotions, odds, parlays. It's all happening right now at WinBet. You can get started today and you'll receive a special offer up to $500 in risk-free sports bets. Of course, terms and conditions apply. Get the details right now at wynnbet.com and download the app today. And don't forget, we are brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. You right now can find the best odds on NBA championship tickets when you buy directly from other bettors on PropSwap. If you see a ticket that you like, but you think the price is too high, you think they're trying to get over on you, submit a bid for a price you think is fair, then buy it. Every ticket you purchase on PropSwap can be resold at any time with one click of a button. And PropSwap gives you a suggested price tool too, so let you know how much your ticket is actually worth, so you don't have to do any guessing. This week, a PropSwap customer sold a $200 12 to 1 Phoenix Suns championship ticket for $1,200. Nice little profit. Five times return for the seller and adjusted the odds for negative 160 for the buyer. It's better than every sports book in the country. So with Prop swap your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money it literally just needs to improve so think of it like the stock market but for sports betting and if you use the promo code sgp on your first deposit you're going to get up to 500 dollars in bonus cash so go to propswap.com or download the PropSwap app today Make sure you head over to underdogfantasy.com. Use that promo code SGP. You're going to get free $25. That's right. Sign up now. You get you a free shot at a million dollars. Turn that 25 into a million. I'll tell you, (laughs) Ryan Kramer, he's about to make it happen. Draft day. It's going down the 13th of July, 1 p.m. Pacific. Ryan, Real Money Kramer is going to be drafting underdog best ball teams. Forget this, 24 straight hours hours. You can hop on the stream and draft with Kramer and the guys. Plus 15 free entries to best ball mania will be given out. If that wasn't enough, there's a $500 draft day props contest based off of Kramer that only you can enter in the app. So download the app right now and sign up at underdogfantasy.com promo code SGPN. The SGPN app is now live in the App Store and Google Play Store. Look, it gives you easy access to all of our picks and our podcast, including this one. Don't forget also to leave us a app review and download the SGPN app today. 
We are back, ready to hit the next five. I got to tell you, uh, just like I said, so much good stuff going on. And I keep pressing the button. I need a board operator in this place. That's what I need. I push wrong buttons and I just don't know, you know, how to actually, yeah, work this board. <laughs> But what I do know is how to turn it back over to our guests, and uh, we're going to start talking about the next five uh, quarterbacks down, starting with the guy that I can now pronounce his name because I practiced during the break, Ryan Fitzpatrick. QB24 going one above the guy we just talked about, Trey Lance. Fitzmagic in all of his glory now over there with the Washington football team. WTF or WFT, mate. Uh, why are we loving Fitzmagic uh, so much? The guy is, I mean, he's great to say, but I don't know that he's great on the field. At QB24, I don't know. What are you feeling, Mason? How, how do you like Ryan Fitzpatrick? He's the greatest disappearing act that you pay to see, right? <laughs> he's there for four weeks and then poof, he's gone. And then he's there for two weeks and then he's like, am I the best backup in the league or am I like the worst starter? I don't know. Um, I actually like Ryan Fitzpatrick going over to Riverboat Ron's offense. Uh, high passing volume of 47 last year and a low of 13 due to the inconsistency of whatever that offense was in uh, Miami. Um Speaking of, real quick, that crazy throw that he had, I think it was against Vegas where he was getting face masked. That's just, he threw a complete dime on that. Um, 267 and nine games. And that's, I, I, I like him. I, he has a lot of potential. There. I think they're going to run some screens. They got some guys along the edge. The only thing that scares me is that in between uh, the middle of the field, 10 to 20 yards, he's got one touchdown and five picks. So he just likes to roll the dice in there. So I, I see a lot of outside stuff. And, um, um, I'm liking it. John Bostic, the linebacker, said that you can just see the positive impact that he's had on that offense. So I think everyone around is loving it. They're all buying into it. How could you not? Yeah, they're buying into it, but I still don't know because, again, Alex Smith in his limited time had 1,500 yards. Dwayne Haskins had 1,400. It's not like this uh, Washington offense, even with all the weapons they have, is, is ridiculously high-powered. So I'm wondering what that does to even a good quarterback's ceiling. Um, and, and the floor is not enough for me to, to go for him in any situation, I think. I mean, it's fun. To, it's fun to love the beard. It's fun to root for the guy. He's a great guy to cheer for, right? And they always say at the end of the day, if you're going to to pick your fantasy team, pick guys you want to root for. And yeah, you want to root for Ryan Fitzpatrick, but you also want to win your league. And I don't know that that <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick is necessarily a league winning quarterback, even in, especially in a super flex situation, you know, where you want two quarterbacks that can produce week in and week out. And you're right. I mean, there's too much of this. Is he going to be a good quarterback this week? Is he not going to be a good quarterback this week? And, you know, at some point this Fitzpatrick has not been a, a 16 game and now a 17 game quarterback in a very long time. So does he have it in him to be that kind of a quarterback this year, this season? Yeah, not just that. If he makes a mistake and they're looking at a one and three starter or two and two, are they looking at the backup? Uh, how do you say his name? I don't know. The Heineken. Heineke. <laughs> yeah, Heineke. Yeah, he Heineke. You know what I mean? I, I mean, what a, what a great story he had coming through and getting some advice from Tom Brady in the wild card week and whatnot. But I mean, you can't help root for that guy either. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, again, there's just, uh, to me, I'm, I'm not, I love, love the story of Fitzpatrick. I just don't love the actual 
actuality of owning him or, or rostering him rather. Um, speaking of another guy that I, I don't understand the hype. I will probably never understand the hype. Uh, but there's some people who are just so high on Taysom Hill this season going into it that just, I, I don't know. I, people got to talk me into this because I don't see any upside for Taysom Hill. He's a tight end. He's a quarterback that again, you want to cheer for, I guess, but just really doesn't have it in him to be the kind of quarterback that you can count on week in and week out. Uh, he's paving the way for young men to come in the league like Tim Tebow and start off as a tight end and then try to be a quarterback. <laughs> no, um, so 155 dropbacks last year, 121 attempts, 88 completions. So he's got 72%, just under 1,000 yards, four touchdowns, two picks. But my man's got six fumbles in four games while being the starting quarterback. Those first two games, I think he had two touchdowns apiece. Um, 4.45 yards per rush while a quarterback. I just, I'm not, he had nine attempts of 20 yards or more. And then 25 of the attempts were behind the line of scrimmage for Drew Brees. So I'm not, I'm not exactly sure if Taysom Hill can play the center of the field like Brees would, you know what I mean? He relied on the accuracy on the the game management and all that stuff. And I I think it like, it looks sexier than it actually is. Maybe, or maybe it's just Sean Payton's ego. I'm not sure. I'm I'm saying no. (laughs) Well, I mean, one thing's for certain, Taysom is taller than Drew Brees. Let's go on record by saying that. So now okay. the, yeah. the, the, the I can't see over the offensive line uh, narrative disappears very quickly. Uh, so it's 6'2", Taysom Hill, a towering 6'2", over the, the once uh, touted short guy in Drew Brees. But here's the thing. I mean, again, this is a stopgap, I think, for uh, the Saints, who left themselves in a gigantic lurch, if you're asking me. I mean, signing Jameis Winston, who we'll talk about in a second, was not ever going to be the answer for any team unless the question is, what quarterback am I going to use until I can find a franchise quarterback? That is the question that it was the answer to. So uh, for me, I'm, I'm really, I'm not touching Taysom at all in any format, in any circumstance, and especially, especially at QB 27. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, it's also like a dart throw. So if you already have your two guys and you're just waiting, maybe you want to get a guy like Sean Watson and you miss on him, you can't get him, then maybe you just kind of go for Taysom Hill as a dart throw. He was 3-1 and one as a starter. He knows the offense. And it's not like they're going to make him go out there and just like throw deep bombs. You know what I mean? They have Michael Thomas. They can, I mean, they, I feel like they could formulate a good enough game plan, get enough screen passes that maybe you can find that dual threat deal with him and Kamara. Well, look, if you can dump, if you can promise me that Taysom is going to dump off at least 30 passes to Kamara every single game, right? Then I am all aboard it. And then I want Kamara too, because Doug, I know it's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But here's the thing. I mean, again, you got a, a really good offense put together and then you just throw some guy into the quarterback position. It's frustrating as all get out. Uh, so New Orleans fans, you are in for a very, very fun season in 2021. Yeah, right. Roller coasters all over the place. Uh, and so well, let's go ahead and back up that that one. At QB 28 right after him, which is I find very strange. I don't know what people are doing. Drafting Taysom and then the next person right off the board drafting Jameis. Is it, is it like a one-upsmanship play? Uh, but Jameis Winston going in at QB 28. Again, I don't think he was the answer. I don't think he's the solution. Um, so why why is it that Jameis is going this high one and right after his buddy Taysom too? Uh, it's on Twitter, it's like duck season, rabbit season, duck season. You know what I mean? They just keep going back and forth. If I had to pick one of the two, it would be Jameis Winston just because I know that he can handle the passing volume. He is... I mean, you can call him an accurate 30, 
33 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. We've all heard 2019 um, underneath Arians offense. So I, I don't know. I feel like he can be schemed to be all right, but I'm like Taysom. Taysom can go and go to the game plan. Whereas Jameis Winston, I feel like it's going to be like, all right, I got to put this on my shoulders on the first round pick. I got to, I got to do everything. And he's trying to prove himself too, which uh, I don't know could force him into to bad spots. Uh, last year, 15 dropbacks, 12 attempts, eight completions, 131 yards, and one touchdown. He only threw one pass to the right side of the field from the the side over, and it was incomplete. And his only touchdown came from the deep middle, but Taysom Hill had two touchdowns in the deep middle in his four games. So I don't know. I feel like we can drop the first round narrative though, too, as well. I, I mean, at this point, Jameis Winston. Well, just, oh no, yeah, no, like yeah. his mental. Yeah, what I'm saying, like he would force himself into being that gunslinger because he has, like, dude, I have relevancy. This is me. This is what I need to do. Like this is how I get myself out of this because that's how he's played his whole career. Yeah. No, and it's true. I mean, he did. He went first. I mean, that that's that's one of the things where all these guys that went first. That's that's their mindset. I mean, Alex Smith is a perfect example of that too. He fought to the bitter end. Yep. You know, got knocked out, got knocked down, and got back up again. Uh, if only for a, a one solid season and then rode back off into the sunset. So um, I get it. I mean, I know the fighter's mentality never dies, but the talent's got to be there too. And I, I'm not sure that I see, and look, I can't play quarterback, so I'm not going to sit here and say <laughs> that he's not yeah, talented, not sure. but I'm also going to say that there is a drop off between him and a guy like, um, even well, Aaron Rodgers for sure. But I mean, there's, there's huge drop offs yeah. in, in, in talent yeah. of quarterbacks. So, um, I'm not, like I said, I'm staying away from both. I don't think either one of them is going to do you very good, even in a super flex position, even in a two quarterback uh, situation. If you're playing two quarterbacks, um, you know, if you're playing both of these quarterbacks, <laughs> then you're really screwed. But yeah, no, I don't, sure. I don't foresee Jameis Winston doing you anything. Um, in 2019, he threw four interceptions against the Saints. Jameis Winston did. So I feel like maybe that's in the back of Peyton's mind. Oh, yeah. He can complete passes to the Saints. I mean, at the very least, he knows he can complete passes to the Saints. Uh, the Saints defenders, I guess, if nothing else. But uh, at least they're wearing the right uniform. Maybe he's like, oh, I know he could throw it to my guys in uniform. So we're good. I'm going to get this guy. He knows how to throw us the ball. Look for the gold. The gold and the white. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Jameis Winston, I'm sorry. Look, I know you make way more money than I'll ever make, so uh, that, that's where you can get the last laugh. Um, speaking of last laughs, Jared Goff moving over to the Detroit Lions. Uh, surprising move. He's down a weapon now. He's going off. This is, I think, complete and utter disrespect to me. Um, I, I feel like he should be actually going higher. Jared Goff going off at QB 31. QB 31. I mean, yeah, well, I don't understand. Mason, you want it. Go ahead. Take it. Dude, give me that all day at QB 31. You know he's going to be a starter bar an injury all the year, and they did their best to beef up the line through the draft. Um, there is a lot of question marks at the wide receiver spot, and he is coming away from Cooper Cup, Bobby Trees, and that McVay offense. Um, I'm not really sure what the Lions head coach is doing. I don't know if he knows that he's a head coach and not a hype man. <laughs> he's pretty wild, but, I mean, he's trying to instill that confidence and maybe – that trade with Stafford was disrespectful as all heck. Like, I, I don't, it was insane to even think that he would go for literally not even pennies on the dollar, like just half cents. So, uh, okay, looking at the wide receivers, Rashad Perriman, maybe. Terrell Williams, mm, St. Raw, heard good things about him. Quentin Cephas as well. Uh, Swift and Williams, TJ Hawkinson, and Darren Fells as well came over from Houston. So that's really good. Um, I don't, at, at that rate, I'm buying it. His best season was in 2018, where he had 61% completion rate and 5,400 yards, 33 touchdowns, 14 picks. So he can do it. 
It's just a matter of do, are they going to do it? Well, that Rams team that he took over was a young team as well. It wasn't like they were all seasoned vets and he he basically turned them into a competitor. I mean, you know, he, he was mm-hmm. not the greatest. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be a top 12 quarterback, but at the very least, I'm saying he's within the top 20, at least top 24 by the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't foresee him dropping off a whole hell of a lot, but by the same token, you're right. He's got a, another young team that he's got to foster in and he's got to uh, actually lead uh, and maybe that's what they wanted. Maybe they wanted a guy who wasn't on the tail end of his career, as in Matthew Stafford, to actually take this team. Um, they didn't want to rebuild, but they also didn't want to bring in a guy who was on his last breath or keep a guy that was on his last breath, right? Yeah. So. No, I mean, that makes sense. But at the same time, if you're going to bring him in, it, he just, it kind of seems like a, like a journeyman vibe because I don't really know if their head coach is going to be the head coach that they have. And if they really want to take that time and instill into him, then I don't know, I'd like a little bit more security, but at the same time, I don't know how many teams were really going forward and be like, ooh, ooh, golf, please. So um, I think it's a, it's the best opportunity he can get, and it's one that he has a decent running game like he had in Gurley, I think, with Swift. I don't know if he's at that level, Swift, because of his injuries and whatnot, but um, they have a lot of youth, like you were saying. Sky's the limit at 31. Yes, dude, I'm fine. Stamp it. Yep. Yep, at QB31, again, if he's sitting there for you, that's, that is a prime super flex oh, yeah. option for you. And a guy who, if if he's going that late in the draft and you've already picked up your Jared Allen or your um, Lamar Jackson and, and you know Jared Goff is sitting down there at the bottom of, of the list for you, um, you snatch that up and you thank it and you win whatever trophy or whatever prize is waiting for you. Yep, money, whatever is waiting for you at the end of that golden tunnel because uh, I think Jared Goff, QB 31. That's the second to the last quarterback in the league. Free candy. I mean, it is free candy. Now, beware of the van that it comes in, but I'm just saying, like, (laughs) it's there for you if you want it. Uh, Somebody that, again, I'm not sure that I'm necessarily all that sold on is the guy going just outside of even QB 2 range, and that's Mac Jones. People are taking him... And they're actually, I, I think that is ADP might be too low because I've seen him going a lot earlier in some drafts lately because people are banking on the fact that Cam Newton won't be starting all 17 games this season and that Mac Jones era is upon us. But here's what I'm saying. I'm saying don't even draft the guy. Like I'm saying stay away unless you're in dynasty in redraft or in super flex. Don't even draft him because he should be there on the waiver wire. You know, he'll, he'll probably get dropped after the first four or five weeks when it's clear that Cam Newton is going to stay in because Bill Belichick is not going to uproot his entire system just for a rookie quarterback in their first season. Bill Belichick's too stubborn to do that. So I'm saying stay away. Mason, what are you saying? Um, I'm thinking that Max Jones is the kind of player that could step into the system. I mean, he's not going to be running up, you know, RPO like Cam Newton one or anything like that, but he's got a very quick release. They say that he's a, like immaculate at picking apart the game. And if he is, then put him in. It's like you didn't trade up for him. You didn't have to do anything. They literally just sat back in the draft and let the cards fall where they were. And that was who they got. And so that's their dude. Um, 4,000, just under 500 yards, 11.1 yards per attempt, 41 touchdowns, four interceptions in 13 games. He was sacked only 10 times, which is he's, that's not going to happen. He's going to get sacked a lot more. But um, they also did kind of beef up the line a little bit. And Cam Newton does look super stinky to me as a 49er fan, especially seeing him last year. And just how quick Belichick was to put Stidham in. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I personally like it. I took Max Jones not in a redraft, but um, in a dynasty league. I traded up to get him in one spot. But if he's super, super late and it's like the last pick, maybe. 
but you'd have to commit to not dropping him like you're saying after week four because you'd know that he's not going to be starting at least until the second half of the year or Cam Newton gets injured. Yeah, you got to have a deep bench for me to to want to have Mac Jones. I mean, again, and and to be honest with you, again, as I've seen him go in the the top maybe fourteen rounds of a of a deep draft, I still think that's too early for a guy like Mac Jones. You're passing up on some great wide receiver talent, some great even tight end depth at that uh, situation, and and now you're taking Mac Jones. So yeah, in redraft. Yeah, don't don't even waste your time. You're gonna you're gonna catch him now. Dynasty, that is a different story altogether. Because again, in college, yeah, he was fantastic. I mean, this is a fantastic guy. But if you're going to be in a in a format where you get points taken away for interceptions or for sacks, um, you you don't want that kind of heat in this season, especially a rookie season for a guy that may not make the jump to the pros. We've seen great college players not do it. So you're banking a lot redraft wise on a guy that you you know. This is one of those guys, I'll tell you right now, this is one of those guys that's very sexy. The name is very sexy. Guys want to jump on him. They're on the draft sheet. Yeah, exactly. And then all of a sudden, boom, it's gone. Yeah. Um, if he does pan out, though, Jacoby Myers, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, they could end up winning you your league. So look out for those guys. That's if true, you're though. on the Jones train. Yeah. Oh, I love, I love, well, of course, we know Bourne. We love Bourne. Yeah. His red and gold his, days. So. His high videos, baby. Yeah. Dude, I love those. <laughs> Oh, all right. Wow, that was already 10. So we've reached that part of the show now where we turn it over to Thad Sosa, our quality control officer, to pick up the slack, tell us where we went wrong, Thad, and also to uh, kind of tell us what you're thinking. Uh, So you got five minutes on the clock, my friend. We are not allowed to interrupt him, Mason. This is his time to shine and his time to tell us we don't get to rebut because we already had our choice. So, (laughs) Thad, it's all you, buddy. Your clock starts now. Hey, so you guys, uh, you guys definitely came to play today. Um, you guys nailed it. The only thing that I noticed was uh, the Bears bye week is week 10 this season. And uh, going off of that, I think Justin Fields plays way sooner than that. I think Nagy is digging his heels in simply because they had Dalton already ready to go before they even realized that Fields was a thing for them. And so I think he's going to give them. You got to remember also they play the Rams week one. And I don't think they want uh, Fields getting crushed by that defensive line right out of the gate. So they got uh, they got Rams week one, they got Bengals week two, Browns week three. And if they come up on the Lions with week four, I think that'd be a good time to start them. That pains me a lot to say as a Lions fan. But, I mean, if you're going to do it, do it against that kind of softer defense that we don't know what's going to happen with. Um I found myself agreeing with just about everything you guys said about which quarterbacks to draft. I think it's funny that we have 10 of them on the board. And I think you guys said yes to maybe two or three of them. So (laughs) that was, that was pretty wild, but it makes sense. You know, some of these guys are uh, pretty off the board here. Um, I am so glad to finally meet two people who agree with me on the golf disrespect. It is out of this world. And to be honest, it's, not surprising because it's not golf disrespect. It's Lions disrespect. The minute he joins the Lions, he's the worst thing in the league. The Lions are the worst thing in the league, you know, which doesn't make sense to me. They have a potentially top five offensive line going right now. They have Swift in his second year who can come out. They just picked up Jamal Williams, who will encringe a little bit in Swift when it comes to fantasy. But just for the Lions in general, it's a great pickup. Um Goff does most of his work, short passes through the middle, things like that. 
He's going to have Swift, Williams, and Hawkinson right there in the middle, including Amon Ross St. Brown um, coming off of the draft. I think he's going to be just fine. He uh, Comparing with Stafford, um, I don't know why all of a sudden Stafford joins the Rams and he's the greatest thing to ever come into L.A. It doesn't make sense to me. I think the Rams will be better with Stafford, but I don't think Stafford will be better with the Rams. Um, I think it's kind of a similar situation him walking into here. He's got the pass catching back that he had last season. Um, he's got Cooper Cup and uh, Woods, which will obviously be an upgrade, but he's had Galladay. He's had Marvin Jones. He's had Hall of Famer Calvin Johnson to throw to. And Stafford's been to the playoff three times. How many playoff wins does he have? Goose egg. None of them. You know, and we got Jared Goff here who's been to the Super Bowl. So I, I, I struggle with that. I also struggle with the Trey Lance thing. I know they invested a lot of draft capital with him um, with the third pick. But at the same time, again, Garoppolo two years ago removed from the Super Bowl. He got beat by the dynasty maker Chiefs right now. So it's yeah, exactly. Big old thumbs down for them. I don't I don't see him starting anytime soon. Unless, like Mason was saying, he gets hurt, which I could see. He's played one full season, and that one full season, he went to the Super Bowl. So that's kind of where I am at uh, with him. I just don't see it. Um, Cousins, to me, he is the quarterback version of Mr. Reliable. He finishes consistently as a QB1, maybe QB1B, depending on you know what kind of numbers you're looking at. And it's just every season. You just plug him in. And you can just kind of get consistency with him. He's got a lot of weapons around him with Cook. And now he's got Jefferson, who took off in the second half of last season. I mean, imagine what he can do with a full season underneath of his belt instead of coming into the season as the, uh, what was he, the RB3? Or sorry, wide receiver three because he wasn't picking up the system. And then all of a sudden he's got, you know, set rookie records with 1,400 yards. So, uh, and then also when it comes to Watson, um, I completely agree. I have been picking up Watson in the 13th round, 14th round in every single draft I have done because he's free at that point. Um, I just, I can't at that point, if he's free, you drop him. If for whatever reason he gets suspended, but at the same time, that could be the value pick of the draft. Anybody who's got Watson and he plays, that is an automatic league winner. And that's where I'm at. Look at you right there. Dad, he already knows how this game played, man. He, he came ready to go. Ah, that was heat, man. Good stuff. Good stuff. I, I, uh, I yeah, I appreciate the Jared Goff, uh, backup on that one. I, I, I went on a oh, limb. Finally. <laughs> You're all happy about that. Oh my gosh. I thought I was the only one on that wagon. <laughs> nope. You got a couple of allies here in California. Yeah, good, 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 good. Okay. So, um, all right, that does it guys. We, man, we hit this one, hit this hard. I love it. Um, I think we got a lot of good stuff going on there. So, uh, as we wrap up every show, let's go ahead and tell everybody where they can find you guys on social media. Thad, we'll start with you. Where can they find you and, and all of your hard work? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, uh, at Sam Adams analyst. Uh, I got a lot of content on there. I've been putting out articles about as much as I can. Um, I got uh, another one called Fantasy Football Chaos out there. That's where I post a lot of that stuff. So please, please check it out. Let me know what you think, um, good and bad. I love conversation. I love debate. And so if you disagree with me, please tell me why. 
Absolutely, but I can't disagree with you on the beer choice for that. Sam Adams, love it. It's good stuff. Uh, good stuff. Mason, where can they find you on social media and all of your hard work? Um, I am on Twitter at CaliKing4917. I also write for 5yardrush.co.uk, not com, .co.uk. Uh, we also have the fantasy football playbook I'm holding right here. This bad boy's got 300 pages of ranks, advice, ADP, 52 rookie portfolios written by the two co-creators of Five Yard, Chris Stocks Mitchell and Adam Murphett, two great friends of mine. They really know their stuff. Um, come and get it if you're looking for help. Newbies, oldbies, everyone. But, uh, I write IDP streamers for him also. Sorry. That's it. He's uh, no, he's like, hey, and then, and then, and then. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, Fine. Okay, okay. <laughs> so and much good then. stuff. <laughs> Nothing but quality <laughs> guests here on the Fantasy Football Podcast. So, uh, again, I want to thank both of you guys for joining us. Thank you for listening. Thank you for just supporting this show. It's always a blast every week. Uh, more coming up for you next week. But again, big thanks to Mason. Big thanks to Thad. Big thanks to you. Thanks all around. Hugs. All right, folks, that's it for this episode of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network Fantasy Football Podcast. Again, you can find me on Twitter at RJ Gomez. Thanks and let it ride. It's not an option. We've built our world. It's our